Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. The American patriot, the American church, has never had a more important role today than when this country was founded in the 1700s. I'm your host for Crosspoint, Mark Taylor. Welcome to today's show. My guest is retired Colonel John Mills, a national security professional, former director of the Cybersecurity and Internal Affairs of the Defense Department, and the author of our subject today, The Nation Will Follow. We have Colonel John Mills with us. We're talking about a book, The Nation Will Follow, and this is a first-hand experiences of fighting the deep state. And folks, you've heard us talk about it. You listen to some of our programs on the air here, and we uh, sometimes have different guests and other programs as well about an enemy that we're facing today that uh, is different than any enemy we've ever faced. And I know, uh, Colonel Mills, that right in the front part of the book, uh, you were talking about, you know, why you, you know, so you said this book is, I guess, in kind of military terms, a action briefing. And you said there's often two types of briefings, the action briefing and the information briefing. And the information briefing provides us with information. And then we got to take action after that. So you're trying to inform people of what's going on with this book. Is that correct? And how to combat it and and see that America uh, gets past this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, thank you, Mark. Uh, so, yeah, my time in the deep state, I realized uh, after a career in national service that uh, what Donald J. Trump said about the deep state was absolutely true, correct, and I was right in the middle of it up to my nose. It was a conversation it's on the A-ring at the inner portion of the Pentagon, and I was rushing to a meeting and ran into somebody uh, who was rushing to a meeting also. That's what you do in the Pentagon is rush to meetings. And um, uh, this was you know, July of 2016, and right before the convention, and Donald J. Trump had knocked out 16 in a row, and I talked to him. He was a former Bush appointee, good friend, colleague, mentor. Uh, I felt don't normally talk politics in the building, but you know this, this was a, a known senior uh, Republican activist, and I, I said to him, uh, hey, you're going to support Trump at the convention, right? And his response was shocking and kind of generally changed my life. I mean, uh, not as important as becoming a saved believer in Christ, but less than that, uh, this was the most important thing. It just shocked me because his response was immediately, no, we see more opportunities with her. And I just lunged at him. I said, who is we and what opportunities do you see? And he had to rush off, I had to rush off. But right then and there, in a split second, my entire career flashed in front of me. And I just said, wow, Donald J. Trump is exactly correct. There is a swamp, there is a deep state, there is a uniparty, and we're in the fight of our lives. So from that point forward, it was war. Yeah. Now, chapter three of the book, you, that's entitled, What is the Deep State? So kind of clue people in when we do mention the word deep state. What does that mean? There's kind of like three groups and four corners to frame it and box it. The three groups are, uh, first and foremost, the bureaucrats. That's what I was. I was a bureaucrat. Um, and um, 
you know, you can be in uniform or be a civilian, and you're you just are part of this army that's that's always growing, never shrinking of, of government. And no matter what the question is, the answer is more government. So. I was a um, bureaucrat. Uh, you also have the technocrat. And these are the super experts. These are the people like Mr. Fauci, who, uh, you know, their word is, their word is gospel, you know, it cannot be challenged, and that is it. There is no more science after, after whatever they say. If they say masks are good, that's it. It's all in line. And the third of the plutocrats. These are the super rich. These are the powerful. These are the Elon Musk's, the... Uh, all that crowd of the, the Zuckerbergs, and uh, that, that have, especially in big tech, who've accrued great sums of money and are very influential. So that's the third, third group. And the four corners are big government and big tech, which we kind of kind of already mentioned. But you also got to throw in, uh, and a lot of people uh, throw in big pharma, and because uh, that's just hugely influential. And then big academia, and I'm all for academia. I'm not, not criticizing academia, but they're just they're huge influence. They're nonprofits, and you've got, got big pharma. People say, "Well, where's where's BlackRock fit? Where does media fit?" Well, I kind of fit them under uh, big tech in many ways. But those are the three groups and four corners that define the deep state. Also, when you, and you're, st- we're still here in chapter three in the book where you were talking about the deep state's a kind of a global phenomenon, isn't it? It's just not happening here in America, but it's a worldwide thing, is it not? Absolutely. I mean, we think about Soros, but you know, this is a lot of people think you know, and Soros is bad and everything he's doing. But you got to look at this here because you know, which is bigger and more powerful? Is it? Soros or China? If Soros ceased to exist, would China still exist? And the China, I'm really talking about the Chinese Communist Party. The CCP would still exist without Soros. Would Soros exist without um, and, and uh, with Soros and the uh, Klaus Schwab? Would they exist without China? No, they would not. It's really China is has evolved into really the puppet master of everything that's going on. So this is a globalist issue. China, that's not China, but the Chinese Communist Party is the issue. We're in the fight of our lives to save our constitutional republic. Now, when bringing up that, do you believe, too, and I was looking here, that that China has uh, this fentanyl that is coming across our border that's um, here in the report says 10,000 Americans a month are dying. Uh, this is a Chinese fentanyl, and they're involved in getting this distributed through these drug cartels uh, through our southern border. Is that true as well? I'm just going off of the FBI indictment yeah. from uh, about a month, a month and a half ago. Four Chinese, uh, 31 cartel member, members plus uh, Chinese nationals, multiple Chinese nationals. Why? Because at this point in time, it looks like Chinese, and I call them paramilitaries, but we're seeing this swarming across the border. Michael Leon has done great reporting on this. And uh, we're seeing this, this incredible influx of paramilitary. I call them paramilitaries. I think there's a, there's a need to give them a proper and distinct legal definition. So the cartels seem to be operating now under the influence and direction of Chinese paramilitaries. You know, essentially their their special operations intelligence operatives are now directing because it's more efficient to bring in the formulary component 
finalized the different pill-shaped pill forms and all the different variants in northern Mexico, bring them across the border. In 22, these are CDC numbers, Center for Disease Control. We lost 70,000. That's more than the entire 40 years of combat in the Vietnam War plus the War on Terror combined in one year. This year, we're on track for 120,000, meaning 10,000 a month. If this is not compelling evidence of a war against America and their advanced force operation to collapse America without fighting us, I frankly don't know what to say. Yeah. Now, in Chapter 4 of the book, you talk about an individual, Whitaker Chambers. You said Whitaker Chambers revealed the parallels and the intimate relationship between God and freedom. You said religion and freedom, or you said religion and freedom are indivisible. Without freedom, the soul dies. Without the soul, there is no justification for freedom. Who was Whitaker Chambers, and why do you refer to him here in the book? Well, Whitaker Chambers wrote the epic book, Witness, This, which was, people forget this, there was a huge, huge, social flap in the late 40s, early 1950s over communist and State Department. Whitaker Chambers was and became an avowed communist, just like, if you watch the movie Oppenheimer, one, one element, there's elements in there that are a little adult-themed, some things I'm not crazy about, but I think it was a fairly reasonable um, overview of the influx of communists into academia in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And it, Whitaker Chambers outed Alger Hiss as a communist. Alger Hiss was a communist agent inside the State Department at the top who was giving everything to the Soviets during the, during the World War, you know, World War II and after. Whitaker Chambers became a safe believer in Christ, walked away from the uh, Communist Party, outed his... Uh, out of his fellow, uh, what had been his fellow communists. And so in his great transformation, like uh, uh, Paul on the, on the road to Damascus, he had a transformation, and this is so important. It became a huge trial. He won in the end. Um, if, you, if you listen to pop culture, Howard Zinn versions of American history, Whitaker Chambers uh, are, you know, bad, evil, horrible, the dark days of McCarthy. No, Whitaker Chambers was a patriot, became a safe believer in Christ and out of his communists. So we have to remember this man, a huge kerfuffle, but if pop culture, he's, he's, he's looked at as a villain, absolutely not, he's a hero. And that's essentially what I uh, went through was, I mean, I was already a safe believer in Christ, but I realized Everything I was working for and with had been compromised, and I didn't realize it, but I realized from this point onward, we have to fight. We have to fight for a constitutional republic. Yeah. Now, you, chapter five of the book, I, you know, I had looked through that and, and read through there, you know, different things, but now coming back to it, even today, it's more impressive to me uh, what you wrote down there. But why in that chapter, do you call it Stop Trump, but why is it so important to stop him? Uh, that's, it's, I mean, it's obvious what's going on now. Well, yeah, this is, uh, Trump represents a uh, clear and present danger to the way things are. And this is where I realized 
absolutely not. We must we must stand up. We must change what is going on. There are forces that are only interested in it growing and expanding the deep state. And I mentioned the three groups in the four corners. And it's funny, even on many of my colleagues, former colleagues, they don't get it because they are living in the goodness and the largesse of the swamp. And that's wrong. That's wrong. We need to we need to address this issue and we cannot allow it to uh, continue. Our incredible republic is is one of the, is the most is the best form of governance in human history ever ever developed by imperfect humans. And if we throw this in the trash bin of history in the color revolution, communist-inspired com- color revolution, all this craziness, CRT, DEI, ESG, the crazy transgender groomers, squatters, and peefers, it's all the same movement. These are just absolute crazy people who don't care about this country, hate this country, hate themselves, hate their fellow citizens. They're going to make sure everybody's equally miserable. Yeah, we can't. We can't let this precious country go. So you're saying, like today, we're fighting for something that probably rivals not any other crisis that this nation has really ever been involved in. You think it's bigger than the Cold War and the War on Terror? It's uh, a really a great showdown. Is what's coming, right? It, it absolutely is, and we got a part of the message in the book: is get off the couch, get in the game. For ninety-five percent of us. The action is right exactly where we live, and you need to get out and dominate the seven common centers of gravity in, in where you live. That's common to all 3,300 or so county, county equivalents across the nation. Your state might call them something different, might be called uh, parishes, might be called townships, but those are all county equivalents per the census, and the seven common centers of gravity. Uh, our school boards, county councils, election boards, registrars, sheriffs, judges, and prosecutors, those are the seven common governance pro- um, functions. Dominate those seven, make sure you have a clean county, county equivalent. And you know, at the national, everybody says, yeah, but what about this? What about BlackRock? What about this at the national level? Well, you got trained black belts, you know, uh, that, that will fight that, that element. But the biggest thing the system can do at the national level is crash the market capitalization of Disney, of Kohl's, of Target, of Bud Light, etc. That's just stop spending your money, minimize your spend. Sometimes it's, it's hard to totally stop your spend, but do your best to minimize spend and crashing the market capitalization. Now, Larry, think of BlackRock is running away. The largest hedge fund in the world is running away from this. ESG uh, craziness uh, and running away from it because we successfully uh, identified him. Like Disney, largest cap, uh, market cap loss ever, $120 billion last year, and Iger doesn't get it. He's going to run Disney into the ground. I'm a Disney shareholder. I don't want to see my, my portfolio collapse, but I'll gra- gladly let it collapse. If if it if it's necessary to kill off Disney because they they're just crazy people so that's so that's the national level but really the fight is right in making sure you got a clean county because 
24, the 24 election is all about Maricopa in Arizona, Fulton in Georgia, and Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. That's where the, the evil is to uh, throw this election the wrong way if we don't, don't mobilize. All right. Well, folks, stay with us. We're going to be back with more of The Nation Will Follow in just a moment. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the Programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. Talking today with uh, Colonel John Mills. We're talking about the nation will follow. It's a first-hand experience of fighting the deep state. A lot of information in there. Now, how could people find out more about this book if they wanted to follow up? Or I don't know if you have a website or whatever. Uh, but how would they go about doing that? Well, thank you so much, Mark. At this point in time, we're sold out of our initial initial runs. So what I would encourage uh, folks to do, uh, signed copies are at uh, uh, Lindell My Store. So signed autograph copies, hard and soft, are available there. Also Amazon, and I know people will will harump and just said, "Hey, you just said taking down big tech." Well, <laughs> at this point in time, I'm going to leverage this for the good. Uh, on on Amazon now. Book two, so go there for unsigned copies. Now, book two will come out on Amazon. Um, uh, Anne Lindell should be in October. So that's War Against the Deep State, and that's uh, the the fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of government, uh, the unlawful branches of government, and that's the administrative state, the fusion of law enforcement, intelligence, and big tech to spy on Americans and uh, target and censor Americans, and then the, the nonprofit. So it's really taking apart uh, the uh, the unlawful parts of government that have developed. That'll be out next. Uh, that'll be out in October. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting because of what's going on, and we've heard a lot more talk about it. But Whistleblower Press is who published the book, and uh, we hear a lot about whistleblowers, and that is a big help to uh, uncovering some of these things that are going on, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I'm officially a whistleblower. Uh, you know, when the book first came out, it was, it was an interesting story. Where's all the other whistleblowers? We should just give it time, and then. You know, we've had so many over the last, you know, eight to nine months here, you know, several dozen out of the FBI, and most of them have been treated horribly and unlawfully. Uh, we got Shapley and Ziegler out of the IRS. We got others. I mean, we've got several dozen now. So, and I think it's growing. We want, there are white hatters uh, inside the wire. They need inspiration. They need support. Because, I mean, when I first came out with this, um, got this in front of the Durham investigation. I mean, I was all alone. I didn't have any help. None of the inspector generals uh, would, were paying attention to this. The key role at departments and agencies in the federal government couldn't get their attention, so I had to, I had to get it right in front. I brought it right to uh, the Durham investigation. And at least we got one major, major, major indictment, and that's Charles McGonigal, former uh Chief of Counterintelligence at the uh, New York Field Office, one of the one of the the largest field office for the FBI, and you know the one of the senior leadership positions in the FBI. He's been charged with this. Was the guy who was saying Russia, 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 Trump, 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 
in early 2016 that we were getting briefed on uh, at the top of the Pentagon of the White House, and uh, he was arrested for working for the Russians. It was all a fraud. It was all a fraud. So we got a good we got a good charge, and there was five indictments out of the Durham investigation, or maybe five further investigations that criminal referrals. That's very important. Three of them sure sound like uh, 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 elements of what I gave the uh, Durham investigation. So, and that's what's going on uh, with with the whistleblowers that are important. There's many more than me now. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, you do mention the Durham report. You think concerned citizens are becoming more aware of the corruption that's uh, in our government and uh, are wanting to join the fight. How do they do that, by the way? How do they join in the fight? You know, because you're talking about a nation will follow. How do you get people to follow? Well, secure your county and the nation will follow. First and foremost, for 95 percent of us, You've got to make sure you have a clean county. And people say, oh, I have a clean county. I said, do you? Do you? I mean, how do you know? Again, we, we defraud in Maricopa, which was all Republicans. It was all Republicans. The Republicans had the county council. The Republicans had the state. Republicans were running everything, and they were just deep state uniparties, and now they've handed off to Katie Hobbs. So you gotta you gotta get involved in your local county, and at the national level, the biggest thing you can do is minimize spend, crash the market capitalization of these woke companies. So that's for the average citizen. That's what you gotta do: dominate your county, go to these meetings, say reasonable things, become learned in the county regulations, state laws. You don't need a lawyer. I need a lawyer. You do not need do not bring in a lawyer. Do it yourself. This is your this is your country. This is your government. Read the state codes. Because oftentimes you know the lawyers and the experts and the politicians, they don't read these codes and they'll cite them and then they'll cite them wrong. So read them and you'll really you start citing some of these state laws. You'll freak out the uh, you'll freak out the the county politicians, the state politicians, because honestly, most of the time they get them wrong, and uh, they go, oh, "Oh, wow!" And even if you have a clean county, when they know you're reading state laws, the state code, like in Virginia, it's twenty four dot two, the election code. Got to read that. Got to read that, and you'll find out people are normally applying it wrong, and they'll even in a clean county, they'll they'll really tighten up. Because they know concerned citizens are involved and asking reasonable questions. Chapter 6 of the book is entitled A Life of Service. And you say there, page 87, I have given my life in service to this nation and to the principles of democracy and freedom. Power belongs with the people. Government should operate for their people and with the express goal of serving the citizens first. These are the values I have lived by. How many years have you spent with... Uh, the position that you have, which you're retired from now, uh, how many years did you give your life of service to this nation? I stopped counting at 35. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a lot of and years. That, that was a number of years ago, and I still, after that, did consulting and, and work. Uh, so, you know, I've, it's been my entire career, but it was 2016 when I realized Donald J. Trump was right about everything. And that was right there. That was at year 33 of my service, 33 in 2016, and a number of years beyond that. But that's, uh, yeah, I realize his term, the swamp, his term, the swamp and the deep state, what, I mean, I, 
I saw him knock out 16 a row, row. I mean, in Virginia, you do kind of have to declare your party affiliation. I, would, I leaned Republican, but I, I tried to minimize the political talk at work. But uh, I saw him knock out 16 in a row. And after that encounter in the A-ring, I realized he was correct about everything. And right from that point on, it was war. And Donald J. Trump was the existential threat to the swamp, the deep state, the globalists the Uniparty, China, so yeah. rally up, find your leader and rally to them for victory. Yeah. There, there seems to me to be a, a, a real move to kill patriotism in our nation. You know, let a lot of people in through our borders that aren't, you know, don't know anything about this country, doesn't, you know, have none of that patriotic sense to them. Uh, you know, to me, even breaking up uh some of our, I know it sounds strange to you, Colonel, but to me, I see when, you know, you've had rivalries, you've had everything in the schools and colleges, and now all of a sudden all the big uh, different conferences are breaking up, and they're all going to fly to the other side of the state, and all these cross, uh, you know, town and, and, and cross-state border rivals, I mean, that has always been, to me, like the the way America has been and all these things are trying to me seem to me to be in kind of killed out uh, you know we've got this common enemy that's back in there lurking like we call the deep state in the darkness that wants to just separate everything that we've done as a nation and divide us as much as they can possibly from racial stuff to dollars and cents and everything else yeah, yeah, well, I mean, and, and the way I look at it, it, perhaps a slightly different angle on that, is we are a diverse nation where that's a good thing. That's a good, I think we should leverage that for the good. But people in, in D.C. is a, uh, the D.C. area, the counties around are, are yeah, we're having a mass influx of legal and illegal uh, uh, entrance. I have no problem with saying illegal aliens, the correct legal term. But what I see is people, everybody who came here, legally or not, most of them came here for the American ideal. Not all of them, but most of them. And in our church, we have a very strong, growing contingent of, of those who are from Central and South America, those who are from West Africa. They came here. I don't ask them when we're in church. We don't, I don't ask them, are they here legally or illegally? But I hear them because they are terrified of what's going on. And they're going, that they, they have a better understanding of America and the American ideal than most legacy Americans. And it just brings tears to my eyes when I talk to them. Because I said, you came here. Because you wanted the American ideal. I'm going to fight like crazy to make sure you aren't disappointed because we are not going to lose this American ideal. And that's what I love is the, is the vision of those who have come here recently, legally or even illegally. Most of them came here because they wanted the American dream. They believe in the American Constitution. And they are terrified of what's going on. And we gotta get, we gotta unite, get together with them and everybody who believes in the American ideal. These crazies are gonna tear this country down, and they're gonna make it something 
absolute circus if they if if they are successful in throwing we have a what's called a small l liberal democratic republic never existed before never will exist again if we let the crazies throw this in the trash bin of history yeah now again uh before we go out of this break to the next tell people how they can find out more about this book the nation will follow and i guess what the book is coming behind that yeah, the, na- the book's coming out is War Against the Deep State. That'll be uh, on Amazon and also at Lindell, my store. Um, and so that's coming out in October. The Nation Will Follow, you can still get signed copies at uh, Lindell, uh, my, uh, Lindell, my store, also on Amazon. Uh, you can pre-order book, too. Uh, we're, we're about to have the pre-order up uh, uh, for War Against the Deep State on Amazon. But uh, go there, and uh, yeah, I'm also I'm also Colonel Rhett John, Colonel R E T John on Substack, Getter, and Truth, and I just put out a blizzard of information uh, daily on Substack. So if you want to be overwhelmed with good stuff, just 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 sign up for my Substack. All right, well, folks, stay with us, and we're going to be back with more right after this. Never miss your favorite show again. For more than 30 years, KNEO has been bringing you great Bible teachers on a local and national level. And now, we've made it easier than ever to hear from these great men and women of God. KNEO's entire lineup is now available to listen anytime, anywhere, through our website. Go to KNEO.org slash podcast to see all the options. You can search for programs alphabetically, or you can select individual categories like culture, kids, leadership, or music. We even have a category just for locally produced programs so you can hear from pastors and spiritual leaders located right here in the four-state area. And all these resources are absolutely free. Kaneo's mission is to get God's Word in front of you, and this is one of the ways we do it. Give it a try today. Go to kaneo.org and click on the podcast tab to get started. On purpose, with a purpose. For a purpose. To get God's truths into their lives. Share God's love with people who need encouragement. You get the truth of God out there and it resounds and it resonates. 91.7 The Word. It does amazing things in people's lives. You're listening to Crosspoint. Welcome back to today's show. We're talking today with Colonel John Mills. And we're talking about the nation will follow. Chapter 7 of the book, uh, John, you say... The day the world changed, and you say that day the world changed, I was in San Antonio on a government trip. What day was that that the world changed? That was 9-11, 9-11-2001. And then from that, do you just believe everything is kind of springboarded from that, and, and we're seeing what's happening to springboarded from that? In future history books that are not written by Howard Zinn and other crazy, mush-headed lefties, um, we have to look at 9-11 as a, a change point in the American history. And yes, Islamic terrorists did attack us. Yes, they did crash airplanes into a building. I don't think at that time the Bush element really was totally globalist or uniparty but i think it also you know the concept of the forever war that when it really it kind of started out in the original gulf war which i was in um then the peace dividend era of the 90s with all these peacekeeping operations um but then 9-11 hit but it was a terrorist attack 
it was. You know, people will say, oh, you know, they, the government blew up the buildings. No, no, I don't, I don't believe that at all. We did see a distinct pivot toward the forever war and concept and that we were going to be in perpetual conflict. The Trump view of this is much better. That means we're going to we're going to build up a huge military, a strong military so nobody messes with us anywhere. But we're going to reserve the right to use it and when we use it we're going to do it and get and get out. Like Soleimani where we reached into Iraq, got the Iranian terrorist Soleimani blew him up. Okay, that guy was a very bad guy. Very bad. Killed many Americans. you absolutely right we're going to reach out and deal with people like that. Um, uh, Baghdadi, we got him in Iraq also. Okay, but that's the difference between Trump and forever. That's between the mega movement making America great again and that's the difference between mega and the forever war concept where we're just going to generate large military force get it overseas, just create base camps, and just, it's going to go on forever with no point, no no, no end point, no, no end exit strategy. No, 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 no. We needed to leave Afghanistan, but not like Joe Biden did, and he needs to be held accountable for the deaths that occurred there because it was absolutely shameful. Military didn't fire a single person. I'm unaware of any general officer. We had uh, to Two two stars on the ground, and the Navy SEAL and an Army uh, Army General. You know, most horrifically bad, horrible planning, and they cowtown to uh, whatever uh, Biden wanted. You know, whether thirteen Americans died, there needs to be accountability. But there's a there's a distinct difference, distinct difference between because Mega will build up our military, have it big, but we're not going to just generate these large military forces and just let them linger overseas forever in combat zones. No, no, absolutely not. If somebody, something needs to happen. If, if Taiwan needs defense, we will generate and project force, defeat China. Then we come home. And same things around the world. Total, very distinct differences. Yeah. You say there on the first page here of Chapter 9, the United States of America is a Judeo-Christian nation, it is the Christian values enshrined in the Constitution that set the boundaries that have allowed our society to thrive and grow, becoming the most powerful and advanced nation on the earth in such a short time. You talk about boundaries being a good thing, but you also, which is the title of the chapter, How Societies Collapse. So when somebody reads that chapter, uh, what are they going to find there? Well, essentially what we're going through right now is a, co- a communist color revolution to just twist people's mind to hate, to just be dissatisfied, hate each other, hate themselves, hate each other, hate this country. And that's the toxic poison. I mean, many great fears have said, you know, that America will never fall to an external threat. It's always the internal threat, and, mu- and much of this is stoked by foreign money, foreign influence. As we're seeing with China, we're seeing a a clear, distinct courtroom evidence of Hunter receiving foreign money, most likely his dad. So, uh, but but that's the creep that supports the creeping toxic cancer of this communist color revolution, which are the transgenders, the antifers, 
the squatters, the Black Lives Matter. It's all the same. It's all the same. And it, it just supports the psychology of hate and discontent. And that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. Now, also here in the book, in Chapter 9, at the end of Chapter 9, I'm going to read the last part of it here. You're talking about how you devoted your life to this country. You've devoted your life to God. I believe God is my light and beacon, and it ends in service. Uh, I dedicated my life to protecting freedom and liberty throughout the world. Religion uh, and belief, as we know it, are highly motivating factors. Then you say the United States of America is a Christian nation. It is this faith that has granted our nation God's favor and has guided us through the rapid growth that we've seen in our country to grow to the greatest nation, greatest in the world. The problem is, you say, that faith is in decline as the deep state strengthens its grip. More and more people are turning away from faith. And, you know, John, when you read about our country's founding, you found where a lot of churches were involved in, you know, helping make this country what it was. You know, uh, some of our even uh, some of our pastors were taking positions like you had, uh, you know, in the government to be able to help and lead the people on both sides, uh, you know, when things were faced. Uh, you see that as a de- very much of a decline these days. Is that what you're saying? There is a war on faith. Deep state communists hate the de- hate hate religion. They hate it, but it was our faith in God. That is, an, and that is it. So, I mean, we are a, in modern America. It is changing, and even the Bible knows the Bible doesn't change, but societies and humans will. The Bible, uh, the Word of God, uh, and the Bible is uh, and the message of Christ is always unchanging and enduring, and that's our rock. That's our salvation uh, through all these storms. But people and society will evolve, and that's what we're dealing with now. But yes, in the Revolutionary War, in conflict, I'm many years in the special operations community. You have to understand your human terrain and the psychological makeup. Most people. Their innate, sinful, imperfect human nature makes them sense that they're not going to take sides. They're going to kind of just see which way things are going. In the American Revolution, 3% fought for our liberty, 10% provided support, which was our pastors and their flock. 13% won the Revolutionary War. Now, of course, after victory, everybody said, oh, yeah, I was, I was, I was always, um, hooray America, I was always for the revolution. No, they weren't, but that's unfortunate. That's the way it always is. That's the way it always is. So even though the church numbers are declining, I think there's many positive things and good things and, and positive aspects. I mean, we, we're in a, in a strong, growing church in Prince William County, Virginia. But many and many small churches are also starting up. But I mean, I don't think what's also accounted for is new churches versus you know. There's old churches that well, you know, if they're not careful about, they're you know, making sure they have young, fresh, diverse members. They will, they will fade away. So we got to make, we got to keep an attention to that with the Word of Christ. But uh, you know, but we we oh, we were founded on a Judeo-Christian foundation. Pure and simple. Some some elitists want to want to bicker and quibble over that. Not true. We were a Christian nation, and we still have a very strong Christian tradition. However, secular culture of the globalists, you know, uh, always undermines us. But we just have to recreate 
and bypass these institutions of big tech as best as possible. Yes, I'm using Amazon, but I'm using it for the good, and hopefully we're going to be able to retire Amazon with other alternatives that are more friendly. And we have to evolve. If Disney collapses, hey, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame, but they're going to go woke on us, go broke, and we just have to recreate you know, and in many ways, some of the early Disney had a more Judeo-Christian uh, connection. Some, also some weird things, too, I have to admit that. But, but uh, we just have to recreate these institutions that are, that are, that are actually fighting to destroy this country. And, uh, and you know, make sure our, our Christian faith endures and continues on. Chapter 12, The Portrait of a Great America. You talk about there at the bottom of the page there on the start of that chapter. You said where the deep state has found the most success is with progressive politics. You talk about that. And they encourage the abandonment of God and promote degeneration. You talk about, you know, the deep state has found its most success in progressive politics and that they encourage the abandonment of God and promote degeneration. Can you talk a little bit more about how they do that. I mean, it's apparently a plan they've had for a while, isn't it? The center of gravity is, I mentioned, the, the seven centers of gravity for all common, for all counties and county equivalents and cities. The school board. School board. School board, school board, school board. People say, well, I have my kids in the school of faith. I homeschool them, uh, you know, etc. So it doesn't matter. You've got to pay attention to what the school board is doing. And that's what in my own county... Uh, you know, we our school board uh, is one of the three counties that are fighting Governor Yunkin. You know, because they said, ah, ah, all this transgender stuff, we're okay with it. Uh, we're going to ignore the direction uh, of the uh, governor, and so that's why we got to get. I got a good friend, Mario Beckles, who's running for school board. We got to get faith-minded people on the board, and this is where we have this interesting uh, uh, unity between Christians and Islamic uh, populations. We've got to leverage that. We've got to come together, because they are, you know, we're, we're Christians. Uh, we believe in the Word of Christ. You know, Islamists, uh, uh, you know, agree with us up to Abraham, but doesn't, you know, right now in the fight, we gotta, we got to come together because uh, a Christian Islamic holding school boards accountable is pretty powerful. And uh, that's unique, that's different. But like the Revolutionary War, we got to be innovative here. Because, you know, otherwise, if we don't stand up together here, uh, what is the what is expression? We'll hang separately. Because these people, ultimately, they don't like faith no matter what. And uh, this is the fight for most of us right here and school board, school board, school board, get involved. Yeah, and we need to also return uh, to, and that's your chapter 10 of the book, Election Integrity. Uh, again, same thing about being involved. And so in other words, the book here really tries to challenge people, uh, tell them you need to get involved and here's how you can get involved, right? Absolutely, yeah. Get involved. I'm fighting my current election board in Prince William. I've now made a call for the total resignation. It's a Republican, the Republican uh, election board, and they're they're letting a left wing registrar just run circles around them. I've given them specific guidance on what they should be doing in Virginia code. The election board is supposed to be giving guidance to the registrar, not the other way around. That that's literally out of the state code. 
a bunch of do nothing, blow hard, uh, a couple old guys who just sit around, do nothing. You know, we got a two to one board, you know, a couple of guys who got on the board somehow, um, who, who just, they let the left wing registrar just dance circles around them. So gotta, gotta get involved. I got, just got an email from a good friend, Tom Kasparic next door, Loudoun County, who's, uh, uh really fighting and, and a great guy fighting for, um, we need to have a trusted, verifiable ballot. Right now, we don't have a trusted ballot. You know, anybody can photocopy anything and send it in. There's really no control measure mechanism. And that's part of the, the problem with a Virginia election. There, We do not have a trusted ballot. Nobody has ever explained uh, uh, what is the control measure to deal with counterfeit ballots. So you know, and I'm I'm a because of the court court ruling, I'm a um, precinct, uh, not a committee man. I'm actually an election officer, a deputy for a precinct, and we had a huge weakness and vulnerability in the Virginia election process. We don't have a trusted ballot, you know, when something comes in, uh, and you know it has a signature on it, we run it through the machine. Well, how do we know that's a that's a valid ballot? We don't. Your book's entitled The Nation Will Follow, First-Hand Experiences of Fighting the Deep State. Colonel Mills, tell us again how people can find out more about this book. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Uh, signed copies of The Nation Will Follow, Lindell Meister, The Nation Will Follow, also on Amazon for the unsigned copies. Book two is coming out in October on Amazon and Lindell, War Against the Deep State. Colonel Rep. John, Colonel R.E.T. John. Substack, Ketter, and Truth. And if you want to be flooded with, with absolute first-class information every day, uh, Colonel Rat John on Substack. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Colonel, for being with us today here on Crosspoint. Mark, thank you. An honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. Good interview today. We had quite an informative interview, I would say, with uh, Colonel Mills. You know, he referenced God's Word. He referenced our Christian heritage. He talked about the things that really were the most important to him and how he lived and did what he did in our nation's military, uh, serving our nation by honoring God's Word. The book that I hold in my other hand here, this is the book that will help inspire these other books that are written by people like Colonel Mills and others. The Bible is the Word of God. It's true. You Everything that's based off of that foundation uh, will work when you bounce it off that foundation of God's Word. It stays solid, and it works. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and ever follow. Sure, and join us again next time as we discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, Neosho, Missouri, 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online at kneo.org. Are you walking in everything God has for you? Hi, I'm Pastor Gary Culp, and I'd like to invite you to check out the Exceedingly Abundant Ministries podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network. 
This 30-minute weekly Bible study will give you time to grow spiritually and get to know God and His Word on a deeper level. God has more in store for you than you ever realized. Listen to Exceedingly Abundant Ministries today and learn about how God can do more with your life than you ever imagined. Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.